We've come up, coined the phrase hashtag trust the algorithm trust the because algorithm. Adam does not no. hashtag trust the algorithm. It does feel very stand on the top of a building, throw a load of flies off and see who picks it up. Yeah, this is the magic of the algorithm you see. The algorithm becomes the wind in that situation. For myself at the age of 35, I represent the boomers and the dinosaurs. It raises questions for me and concerns because I don't necessarily <laughs> trust the robots just yet. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of the Have You Heard podcast. Um, I'm super excited this week to be joined by Joey. Hello, everyone. I'm back. You are back. Yes, back. first podcast together as well. It is it's our very, first podcast together, which is very exciting. I think so, yeah, very yeah, yeah. exciting. Um, so we're gathered here today to talk... Um, we're getting married, are we? Yes. Um, <laughs> A little bit. Uh, we have gathered here today uh, to talk uh, about algorithms. Yes. Uh, we have an, uh, uh, an ongoing debate, um, primarily because I think in uh, agency world, uh, for myself at the age of 35, I represent sort of the boomers and the dinosaurs um, in terms of age and, and where my experience of paid media and, you know, social Facebook and meta and all that kind of stuff has come from. Uh, and it's very much evolved massively now to sort of an algorithm focused approach to a lot of performance and more so now, um, or say leading more towards paid um, brand stuff as, as well. Um, so it raises questions for me and concerns because I don't necessarily trust the robots just yet. <laughs> we've had many debates about we, this we already have. and we've come up, coined the phrase hashtag trust the algorithm, trust the algorithm. because algorithm. Adam does not no. hashtag trust the algorithm. I do not at all. Um, <laughs> I do a little bit. But um, I think maybe a discussion, maybe a bit of a debate here. Mm -hmm. um, but before we dive into why I don't trust the algorithms, yeah. Um, Dabbers, ASC, yeah. maybe a bit of an overview for people who may not know or dabbling into it, just to give a bit of context. Dabble into it. I did. Not on purpose. Um, of why, what they mean and why, you know, how, how we use them and why they're there for we're going to have this, yeah. this conversation. So I think, I mean, we've, we've obviously spoken this, um, spoken about this on the podcast a lot before. The industry has moved very much more into an algorithmic-led um, management style of uh, ads, both across PPC and, and paid social. Obviously with PPC, we've got Performance Max, which was really the first big jump into fully automated campaigns. Um, and then on the meta side of things, we've had, we've got dynamic ads for broad audiences or dabbers, which was shortening through to, um, and Advantage Plus shopping campaigns, which was shortening to ASC. So both of those campaign types are fully led by the algorithm in terms of their targeting. Slightly different in the way that they utilize their targeting, but on the whole, you're not overlaying any audiences on there at all. You're just kind of letting the robots do their thing um, and bringing in the results, essentially. So Dabbers, the way that they work is they read your product feed. Um, so it's a fully product feed-based product. Um, and essentially, any similar products that you've been looking at on your web browser, so... For example, if you're looking for an outdoor fleece and you've been on the, you know, you've been on the North Face website, you've been on Patagonia's website, the likelihood is Meta's going to pick up that you're in market for a fleece. So tickety-boo, here comes an ad with a 
fleece from passenger clothing yeah. uh, ready for you to click on and hopefully purchase. It's really effective because it's targeting users that are already in market for a specific type of mm-hmm. product. And then it shows users that specific type of product from your product feed. Um, and we've seen masses, masses mm-hmm. amounts of uh, growth from utilizing those campaigns. So that's very product-led, very product-feed-led. We've then got Advantage Plus shopping campaigns, which is almost taking that to another layer um, where we're introducing our static, our video creative, our carousel creative alongside all of our uh, catalog creative Mm -hmm. as well. Essentially, what Meta are doing here is reading all of the content within your uh, your ad copy. They're reading all of the content and messaging within your ad itself. So whether there's any text within your uh, single image ad whether there's any kind of content that it can read from uh, or messaging that it can read from your video uh, ads. Um, it then also crawls your landing page website as well to find out what the kind of themes are in terms mm-hmm. of the target audience it's going after. And then we'll go and target people off the back of that. It's very clever. Yes. Very clever. Um, and we've seen, again, masses and masses amounts of growth from utilizing the algorithmic-based campaigns. Mm-hmm. And we've been testing them against kind of our old style, which on the grand scheme of things is not even that old anymore um, in the the sense of our top and middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel targeting that we used to do, where we used to overlay specific audiences and use customer profiles and all of that to be able to target specific pools of users. Um, But SC and Davos just completely outperform everything. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I suppose my, like, understand, the the understanding makes sense um, what it's doing, where it's pulling. I mean, it's quite scary where it's pulling from if you yeah. think about it. And, you know, being in the market for a fleece feels like a very boomer thing for me to do. <laughs> um, but I think one of one of the things I suppose and, and the conversations I've always had is maybe that step back in terms of how it starts is obviously the performance gets to a point because it learns and algorithms and things like that. But it does feel like my concern is, if we know who our target audience potentially is outside of understanding that there may be different people in there, it does feel very stand on the top of a building, throw a load of flies off and see who picks it up. Yeah. As opposed to standing on the corner of the building over, you know, an audience of people I I know are interested in my product and dropping leaflets off there. For me, when I look at that strategically, in my mind, I'm going, well, yes, people are walking past. There might be more people that walk yeah. past on one side of the building that pick up that leaflet, but act- or could pick up that leaflet, I should say. But if I'm throwing it to an audience of 200 people I know love my products, it feels like I'm going to get a better return and reward because I know those people yeah. and I know that my creator, my well, product this and everything is, is... This is the is magic sort of, of the algorithm you see. The algorithm becomes the wind in that situation right. and <clears throat> magically blows the flyers in the direction of people that are probably interested in it. Good. Um, yeah. There is obviously an element of learning involved in that, like you touched yeah. on. Um, but I think we've come to a point now where Meta has so much data mm-hmm. behind it that it can already act pretty quickly in terms of understanding the audience pools to go after. I think we're obviously still, as as we work with these um, automated campaigns, we're still trying to understand Mm -hmm. how they work exactly Um, because we're still doing a lot of testing around, particularly, for example, best practice is to run realistically one Advantage Plus shopping campaign Mm -hmm. per territory that you're running activity in. Now, for... Uh, fashion brand, for example, um, 
everyone that's in that same audience pool is probably going to be, if they're in market for a fleece, they're probably in market for a t-shirt. They'd probably pick up a pair of jeans as well while they're there. Mm -hmm. However, with other brands that we work with that are retailers, for example, that actually have products from lots of different product areas, we're actually seeing benefit of splitting out those ASC campaigns because actually the target audience for each of those is slightly different mm -hmm. and you want to be able to push the algorithm in a specific direction uh, rather than kind of bunging everything all in together yeah. and then it getting a little bit confused. Um, so there's there's still learnings for us to take around how we best utilize that algorithm and understand mm -hmm. what's the best way for us to push it in a direction that we want it to mm -hmm. be able to go. Um, like there's, you know, there's there's still an element of control that we can have yeah. over it to be able to kind of dictate mm -hmm. where we want it to target, essentially. Because I, th I think that's like part of it as well for me, which is, you know, strategically, a brand has potentially an audience that it's going after, even if it's really broad and like you just touched on there, it could yeah. be specific products um, that we know, right, these are facilitated for but you know even if you pick it from like a gender perspective yeah, yeah. this is a ladies running jacket for me if you're putting that into a, a bucket straight up of just everyone i'm like what, what wait a minute you know this is there's there's 50 percent you know let's say of that audience yeah. right from the beginning who are not interested and then so we're now having to do two or three days of learning before the algorithm mm -hmm. understands that that is for that yeah. The overlay as well on that as well is, you know, strategically when you understand your audience and you've got your audience insights, there's so much value in taking that and then looking at, okay, how do we build the creative yeah. off the back of this? And so I might then go, well, if I know this is my audience uh, and then I've gone and created a specific ad, you know, for that campaign, yeah. which is relevant to the audience, it features a product, it takes a load of their interests and all of that kind of stuff. And I put that in again, I'm adding layers, which are going, well, it's, it's completely irrelevant yeah. for that audience, but I'm still just throwing it into a, a pool of go and have a go and see, which then <laughs> feels to me like really kind of, um, a bit of a slap in the face almost yeah. from, from the algorithm and the robots going, don't worry about your work and your behaviors and the psychology behind it. Just, you know, it doesn't matter. It just knows. It, yeah. But that's where I feel like there's potential <laughs> way I'm looking at it going, surely there's, but I mean, I mean, that's the element and that's the, that's why the way, you know, we're changing the way that we're working at the moment because, you know, previously from, you know, the way that we used to plan out campaigns, mm -hmm. it was very, audience focused around what audiences would you target in the platforms yeah. themselves and then correlate that to the creative and messaging that yeah. you're running right now because kind of the algorithm does that for you the focus then comes on to just doing the audience targeting piece but to build the creative for that audience yeah fun um so you're then sending it out and it's it's crazy how good it is at doing it um we we run um you know, ASC campaigns for fashion brands. Um, and, you know, you can't dictate which gender it's going out to, but actually just pulling it all up together and putting a mix of different creatives in. Yeah, you're going to get a bit of wastage in there. Like naturally you will do. Mm -hmm. You're not going to completely eradicate that. But the 
benefit gain from the additional performance that you get by it being able to target pockets of people that you might not have necessarily thought of when you're doing all of your manual targeting um, completely outweighs that kind of Mm -hmm. potential little bit of wastage that you're going to get. And I think it's just the way that we have to think and change the way that we're thinking going forward. Um, Now, naturally, that's still only going to work realistically from a performance standpoint, Mm -hmm. because that's the way the algorithms are built at the moment is around how do you get people to convert that's what they're there to do it changes a little bit and this is the discussion that we've had is when you kind of move slightly further up the funnel yeah. and you're looking more on a brand side of things <clears throat> how audience then plays a massive factor on that side of things because then you have to go kind of back to the kind of traditional ways of targeting mm-hmm. and understanding who your target audience is because you're casting the net so wide at that stage you want to be able to reach the pools of people that you want yeah. to then drive further down and engage with the kind of conversions and mm-hmm. performance-based activity that you've got. So so then top top really of funnel still exists in a way of, okay, I've got a bit of understanding, yeah. but actually I think there's such a there's such value in what you said is obviously, you know, that initial stage strategically thinking and building these audiences what what it allows you to do from an algorithmic perspective is actually gain additional learnings of okay this might be an audience i didn't think about but for some reason they're in there yeah i suppose that on the 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 the, the flip side it it's so much, there's so much value in that right like from a brand perspective you know especially if i'm launching a new brand or product yeah, this yeah. could be quite interesting and i go but if I've also spent so much time building a brand or product for a specific person and then the algorithm, because one or two people from a different group are interested in the product yeah. and it leans and steers it more that way, okay, I've learned a lot and I've realized my products are someone, but I, it also feels a bit like, oh, I've wasted potentially a load of time. But on, I mean, on, it, on it, doing, it's, it's a good point because... People do build, you know, products and services around a target audience that they go after. Yeah. But so many times in the past have we been approached by brands and said, this is our target audience, go and target them. Yeah. And then the algorithm will just completely sway. And the people that are actually buying into the products or services are completely different audience. And then actually you don't want to change away from that because that's, yeah, yeah, because that's actually the people that are buying your products and yeah. services. So then you have to change your strategy mm-hmm. to try and move towards that audience. Right. And they've actually found out that they've had to change their strategy through the running of paid media activity yeah. to understand who mm-hmm. their target audience is, because the algorithm is actually dictating that better than what they initially thought their yeah. audience was in the first place. So it's yeah. an interesting. It's an interesting development in the industry i suppose then the, the the balancing act of that though then is your as a from a brand perspective you're 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 left with sort of two avenues one is oh i've got a different audience yeah what a waste of my life building this brand and product <laughs> it's for someone completely different or everything i knew do i stick on that journey now and you know actually it could inform your brand massively yeah, outside yeah. of just performance or you move back up the funnel and go, actually, we've got a strategic job to do here, which is we've realized we're not communicating with our audience yeah. correctly. And this is our, or, and then therefore actually you go yeah, back exactly. to the top and then it's a full, okay, how do we do this now? How do we use um, 
social or brand or whatever to actually speak to and communicate. So it's got two balances. Yeah, it, of course. It, it, it maybe still in some ways goes back to though, for me, where the questions would always be is if your, your strategy and stuff has gone right, you're still leaving it to an algorithm to go, oh, well, it, they just seem more interested at that time. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. So therefore it does sway rather than working an audience that you want to target really hard because it's just naturally splitting. But I suppose that's all about brand growth and I mean, learning brand, and opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And- I mean, brand, brand's the bit that you've got the most amount of influence on, um, certainly from like a paid media and targeting perspective, because you still need to have that overlaid. But even now, you know, the performance algorithm is very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure of it. They're going to be developing an algorithm that's going to push further, be more effective when you push further yeah. up the funnel. where even now still in a stage now where we're talking to the, you know, the the likes of, you know, Meta and Google and, you know, open targeting is becoming so much more of a thing. Mm-hmm. And even at brand level, you know, open targeting is worth testing and letting the algorithm yeah. dictate who at brand level you're going to go out and target as well. Yeah. And actually finding that it's, it's becoming really effective from that standpoint mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I think the, it's, it's just going to be further developments in the <clears> industry and the, the insight piece that we that you know you've traditionally been able to gather around your audience targeting and your profiling is going to be more difficult to gather because it's just going to be dictated by the algorithm yeah. and it's finding ways um and again it comes back down to the piece of finding ways of like how we develop as an agency and how the we kind of keep up with the times mm-hmm. to make sure that we're still delivering value to clients because yeah. that strategy and insight piece becomes so much more important when you know, the, the front end piece in terms of, I guess, targeting planning and the building and all of that kind of stuff goes much down further yeah. down in terms of kind of the percentage of time that we're, that we're spending on that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy, but Adam, you've got to hashtag <laughs> trust the algorithm. I mean, it's growing on me, but, uh, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, like I say, from an old school strategy planning perspective, it, it, there are so many values in it, which I do understand because actually I can learn what I'm doing in yeah. real time. Like, is am I, because again, you know, that old school way of building audiences, of course you're going to get results from it to an extent, maybe not the best results, but you're not really understanding. It was harder maybe to understand why it didn't work if, yeah. it, if it's not, you know, and you're looking at it and going, oh, that, that was okay. Like yeah, you don't yeah. really change anything. Whereas in this case, even if it's top, middle or bottom of funnel, straight away, strategically, creatively and everything I can learn very quickly. Okay, something's not clicking. Because so, I've gone in with this audience that I want to target, which evidently I still can. Yeah. And really, if I've done my job properly, it should optimize towards them anyway and potentially pull in a few extras rather than if it's deviating completely, there's a, there's something's gone wrong somewhere. And then therefore I can review rather, you know, that old school, you know, back in the day, it might've taken you three, four, you know, weeks, if not two or three months to actually get that information where we can gather it within a few weeks and actually make decisions off the back of it. So I do see the values that way. (laughs) Um, I just, it just feels like the complexity or that, that throwing everything in there and just letting it do what it does is what makes me nervous because <laughs> it, it could tell me it's anything. It's unknown. It's a black box, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people do feel nervous. It's yeah, when, yeah. when Pmax first came out, like nobody wanted to move across to it because it was the first step into yeah, yeah. fully black box campaigns. Um, but now every Everyone. every Google has yeah, account has yeah. got to have one in it. Um, so, yeah. 
Well, there That's you fine. go. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Let us know in the comments if you do hashtag trust the algorithm. Um, but yeah, make sure you like, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. Um, thanks again. Yeah, and we'll see you soon. Take care.